Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys, the official underwear sponsor of our show. Dirt Balls, it's time to upgrade your undies. Go to chillboys.com and get a pair of their amazing underwear. We have the bamboo boxers, the performance boxers, and their boxer briefs. All great styles and all will make you feel much better. So get rid of those undies that have holes by the butt. Because everybody has those butthole holes. That's what they call them, the butthole holes. I don't know. Get rid of those. Upgrade your underwear and support our friends at Chill Boys. It's time to upgrade your undies, boys. Use discount code DIRTY20 at chillboys.com to save 20% on your first order. That's DIRTY20 to save 20%. Chillboys.com. Let's start the show. the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in lovely Venice Beach, California. Joining me, my amazing co-host, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good morning. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Everything is basically the same. How is, I mean, give me some updates from Savage Town. This is my first time really spending any sort of significant time in Venice in, I don't know, six weeks. I texted you that I was here early this morning. I actually was here even about 20 minutes earlier than that. I was just parked on Mildred, just waiting, just trying to see what, what was happening around Savage Town. Nothing too exciting. Seems seems pretty quiet. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I got back at about twelve thirty yesterday, but I've been watching baseball and then the NBA finals, so I haven't really been outside. Besides walking across the street to, what's the name of the place? Really good burritos. Crazy. Is it crazy something? Where are you talking? I don't even. Oh, oh, uh, mango, mango me crazy. Mango me crazy. Delicious food, by the way. Yeah, love that place. Got a burrito, got a shrimp taco. So besides that, I haven't walked around. I did. I've been up since six a.m. because I'm still on, you know, East Coast time. I did have my car washed early this morning, and and that that was my welcome back to Venice because as I was the second person in the lot to get my car washed, a homeless man who was camped out across from Beach Cities on Lincoln. Was he was getting up and he was stretch. He was I couldn't stop laughing because he was stretching Joe like like you and I would stretch. Like he walked out of his tent and he was, you know, stretching and emptying some water. And I'm just like, dude, this is so funny. Well, I mean, he also was sleeping on concrete, so he needs that extra stretch. Yeah. I always wonder if those guys, you know, go across the street, power wash themselves in the morning, just get 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 a hose down, go through the car wash. I would do that. 
my car, 30 days sitting here between being a block from the beach and then obviously the fires, what's going on in the air. My car looked like I had, it looked like it had driven through, you know, the the first Star Wars when they sh- the pod goes out of the ship to that like desert area. Yes. Which I believe they filmed in Tunisia. Okay. I could be wrong on that, but I've looked that up. I believe they filmed that in Tunisia. That's what my car looked like it had been through. Just covered in just Yeah, I mean, filth. the fires, the soot, all that stuff. That was, yeah. Glad you said soot. I was ready to say silt. Silt. That's also a thing, I think. Is, is it? Is that, I think that's rocks or something. I don't know. Well, it, it is good to be back here for my uh, my farewell tour. A very quick farewell tour. You're going to be here for what, 10 days? I leave October 10th. Today's the first, so I got nine more nights here. What do I do? I mean, I, that's the question. I was like, I invited you down to watch some, some football on Sunday, and you're like, I got a lot to do. I'm like, well, you got to pack up. What else What else is on your, like, what's on your, like, leaving L.A. thing? Are you going to, like, do one more run to, like, Costco? you doing no. one more run to a certain restaurant? Going to get your back waxed? Maybe the back. Are you uh are you gonna see any uh old flings? Um Yeah, I'm gonna hang out with my buddy Drew. But he's not a fling. Uh but he is on the list. Um, you know, I I don't know. I just I do need to outline well, my therapist, I gotta see him one last time. It's very important. He's really helped me. Uh what else was on my list? I'm looking over there. I have to um Get bubble wrap. Got the car wash. Um, it, but this is all other stuff. God, my, my mind's going blank. Yeah, I, I have stuff to do. Um, but but restaurant, what is the restaurant situation? I honestly don't know. Still outside only? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That, that's as much as I know. That's what I thought. My my new neighborhood, it's, a, it's got a different... They're running on their own set of rules there. So I, I'm not sure... I've seen I've seen outdoor concerts and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know if you guys are just doing your own thing. Yeah. So I have no idea the general rules. I honestly try my best to not keep up with any of this stuff. At yeah. this point I'm just I, I I'm going with the full it is what it is and I just going full uh Matthew McConaughey, just keep living. I saw a funny I, th- I believe it's more of a, like a conservative version of the onion, the Babylon Bee. Okay. Have you seen this? No. That was a great noise. What's that? The noise you just made. Yeah, out of my throat. That was a Walt noise. That <laughs> Dude, that's my dad. I feel like my dad's spirit was just invoked through you. My dad always made funny noises, and he didn't know it, and we'd call them Walt noises. That was a Walt noise. <laughs> you wouldn't have even heard that if you were sitting next to me, but, you're, but I have a mic in my hand and you've got earphones on by the way speaking of walt i am going to share some of my favorite sports memories later in the show with my dad and also for those who may have not heard or want to hear again i'm also going to put in the episode my dad's interview discussing the 1982 afc championship game between the Bengals and chargers which he attended also known as the freezer bowl right and I remember, I remember your dad talking about this even when I was there, 
in Cincinnati. And then I remember you recording it, but I don't remember hearing it on the show. Maybe I just didn't listen. It's or, it's short. It's not long. It's yeah. like 13 minutes, but I'm going to put that into So I'm looking forward to listening. Yeah. And he makes a lot of Walt noises. I'm warning everybody because it's like, it's like old man noises. Old man. But also Walt noises. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, that game obviously was historic, and he talks about it. It's one of the coldest games. I just remember him telling us about it when when I was in Cincinnati. Maybe it was for the pitch. Um, he was telling me that they had to put newspapers on the ground. Yeah. So that their feet didn't cold. But also the big thing that he told me, his big like the most important thing he wanted me to know. It was so cold he couldn't even drink beer. Yes. Like that was his thing. He says that in the interview. And, and he wanted me to understand. <laughs> He's like, it's cold, like really cold. I'm like, yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, it's called the freezer bowl. He's like, no, I mean, so cold, we, we couldn't even drink beer. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, yeah, it's a whole other level. Yeah. He, uh, he always brought that up. You're right. Now that I think about it, he always mentioned that. You know how cold it was? I couldn't even drink a beer. But we've all done that. We've all got the stories we tell, and there's, you know, you hit your you hit your punchlines, and he's been telling it since '82 or whatever. Yeah, I was not even two months old, and 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 I'll share that again later in the episode. But we have a lot to cover today. We're currently watching my hometown Reds in a zero-zero game again with the Braves. We gave him the dirty sports bump, and apparently only the pitching staff got the news. Oh. You guys cannot hit. Oh, God, it's bad. I, I obviously flew back yesterday. The anger, for some reason I feel like because I have a mask on, people can't hear me, but I was vocal on the plane, in LAX, on the Uber ride back, and it's really frustrating, as you can relate to, with a bunch of your Mets pitchers, when you have a guy like Bauer who goes seven and two-thirds, two hits, zero walks, 12 Ks, and you can't give the guy one single run. Yeah. No, it. I trust me. I, I understand. I mean, we, we, Jacob deGrom has 40 major league wins or something like that. Like, I mean, th- just think about it. He, he won Rookie of the Year in 2014. Like, he's got something like 40 major league wins, 46 major league wins, something like that. He's been a big leaguer for six years. He was a rookie of the year. He's won two Cy Youngs. Yeah. He he averages eight wins a year. It's unbelievable. And, and that's how I felt. Like, yesterday was probably one of my most frustrating days as a Reds fan because they had so many opportunities and so many times bases loaded, guy on first and third. And my frustration, and Alex Rodriguez kept saying it during the broadcast, dude, if you're not hitting, at a certain point, you have to bunt. Because it wasn't just Bauer. Obviously, both sides were pitching great. Bullpens as well. You have to just get that one run across and trust your guys. And I understand that bunting isn't popular anymore and the analytics say this and the analytics say that, but I couldn't agree with A-Rod more. And he was, you know, he was getting to the point where he was just saying, you have to bunt just because you have to bunt. Like, not because you guys can't hit, not because it's the 11th inning, not because, like, at some point, you have to mix it up. And and to me, honestly, if 
even in a situation where if you're playing a, a zero zero game, bunting when you get a guy on first to get him into scoring position, or bunting if you get a guy to second with less than two outs. You know, if you have if you have no outs, you bunt him over to third so that a fly ball still gets him in. You do that just because one run is going to win the game. Yes. It, it's not a matter of like, oh, it's the third inning. Why would we bump? We're going to kill a rally. Blah, blah. I mean, you've scored no runs in how many innings now? This is the fifth 15th, inning. 15 innings? Yeah. No. Well, they get through this inning, 18 innings. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Like, you have to do... I know, like you said, they don't play small ball anymore, Major League Baseball in general, and it's all about the power, and they don't do the bunt, move the guy over, sacrifice five, sacrifice fly, manufactured runs. But, dude, if you're the Reds and if you're the manager, who I think is a terrible, awful manager, I think David Bell is atrocious, and I think most Reds fans would agree, you have to try something, dude. Like, your pitching can't be any better than how it's been. From yeah. your starters. And that's why a lot of people pick the Reds. When I look through the picks on ESPN and the Ringer, so many people pick the Reds to not only win this series but make it to the NLCS because they looked at Gray, Bauer, and Castillo, and they're like, dude, the Reds' big three, you could basically put against anybody in baseball, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't score one run. Right. So it's, it's, it's very frustrating and... Again, I don't like the manager. It, I mean, this is a great example of it right now. I mean, you got a guy on first base. There's there's two outs. It's like you kind of got to run at some point too. You got to run a guy into scoring position. Now I don't know who's on first base at the moment. And, it's Galvis. And if he can run, but you know, at some point you got to try something because you're not getting enough hits. Like the idea of like, oh, let's string a couple base hits together. Like you haven't strung a couple base hits together, fucking ever. But they, so. but but the crazy thing is they did last night. They some of the you know there were so many records in that game. One of them was the Reds had the most hits of any team in postseason history without getting a run. They had eleven hits. The Braves yeah. had six hits. So it, it was it was very frustrating. And I know any Reds fan listening is going to share my sentiments because it's been a long history of this. The Reds have not won a playoff series since 1995. It's the last time they won a playoff series. It's been 25 years. And I don't know. I, I don't feel good. Hey, at least you're not the Twins. Oh, my God. That's a good point. Silver lining. 18 straight losses. 18 straight playoff losses, I believe, is the number. Yeah. That's insane. How does that happen? It there, There's literally no explanation. It, except for, like, I, I mean, the, really, I guess the only explanation is having bad luck for a little while, being outmatched a couple times, and then just straight up now, like, guys knowing about it. Yeah. I mean, I understand it's a best of three game series now. Um, so lose two games, you don't have an opportunity. But like, eighteen in a row is insanity. Yeah, that's like, how do you not just stumble on a win? And this one stung a lot more, at least for me as an outsider, because it was against the Astros. Right. Like the most hated team 
in recent sports memory, universally hated outside of Houston. And it wasn't even series. You lost the first two. Yeah. I. You know what? I feel like the way that these – the not a lot of people are caring about baseball right now. It's happening during football. It's happening during the NBA Finals. But I almost feel like if the Astros weren't going to lose or if the Astros were going to make the playoffs, let's heighten it a little bit. Like we need some like anger from the country. We need yeah. some people actively. And I, th- I feel like them winning one playoff series is like, fuck, the Astros are in the playoffs and they won a playoff series. Let's be pissed off about this again. Yeah. Really, the Astros, no one, like, we've said it before, but I think maybe the number one winner of the pandemic. Oh, 100%. Besides Jeff Bezos. 100%. You know, Jeff Bezos has, like, doubled his net worth by sending, shipping everything to everybody's homes and, you know, doubling down on COVID somehow. I mean, I, I the, the guy's unbelievable, but, like, it's Bezos, then the Astros, then Kevin Durant, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they really are. They they this the pandemic was the best thing for the Astros. But you are right. If they continue to make it farther, I think it, people will get upset. The hatred level. Now they're not reseeding. No. Baseball playoffs. No. There's like bracket style. Like NCAA. Yeah. Tournament. There are some good series, though. White Sox Athletics. That is split one to one. Game three today. Giolito, LA boy. Pitches a gem in the first game. Who do you think comes on top? I don't know. I I was saying the, the A's on that one originally. Um,. Yeah, I'll stick with Oakland. Cardinals with a hot start to yesterday's game. Hold on to win. I mean, again, these are three-game series. Yeah. You know? It's like it, it, it's winning a regular season baseball series. It's winning a middle-of-the-week baseball series, and you move on in the playoffs. It's kind of wild. It is. That's why I expect a seven or eight seed to go far. Again, like the NCAA tournament, because it's so, you know, it's so like who's playing well. The Dodgers, I think, are going to win the first two, handle the Brewers. The That Yankees-Indians one was wild, too, man. Yeah, fuck the Yankees. I look forward to them losing as well. Probably, I still probably hate the Yankees more than the Astros. Like, if I had to choose, I'd still root for the Astros to win. Really? Yeah. No, no way. Yeah. How? How can you say that? Because fuck the Yankees. First of all, they were doing it as well. Second of all, they're evil. They're the Yankees. Everybody, any, the only reason anybody's cheated ever is to beat teams like the fucking Yankees. And I'm so excited that, you know, that we're about to flip the script in New York baseball. Steve Cohen is worth about 13 times what the Steinbrenners are worth. Suck my dick, Yankees fans. Suck it hard and suck it long. I hope you. I hope you enjoy. I hope you get one more series out of Trevor Bauer because next year he's wearing the orange and blue. Oh God. 
don't remind me. Don't even remind me. Like, like that's another thing where I'm struggling with. I'm watching Castillo and Bauer, and I'm like, man, you guys, Bauer, you were a nice rental. Castillo, you, it was nice to develop you through our system yeah. and watch you go to the Mets or the Dodgers or wherever. When does Cohen, when does that transition happen? It's supposed to, I mean, they say November, but I guess it could be earlier or it could be later. Like, the, everybody seems to agree that he will get approved. And they're just going to spend like crazy. I mean, that's that seems to be the general consensus, but he's kind of a wild card. No one knows, um, but he's hella rich. He'll, he, he'll be the richest owner in baseball by a long shot. Where's his money from? From being a you know, finance guy, being having a, uh, a whatchamacallit? A hedge fund? Hedge fund. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. You always hear that term. I literally have no clue what that means. <laughs> he's he's the guy that uh that billions is based on. Really? Yeah. Which I've never watched. Yeah. Is that what it, is that what it's called? Billions? It is, right? Is that the Showtime show? Yeah. With Paul why Giamatti? I, yeah. Why am I fucking why is my brain mush today? Bro, you've entered the smart studio. I know. It comes it becomes mush. I for dude, my my brain this is how bad my brain got. The other day. I forgot, I forgot, uh, I was like, it's that green vegetable. I got some leftovers. My brother goes, what? I go, the green vegetable. He goes, broccoli? I go, no. He goes, asparagus? No. And then I took out the garbage at my parents' house, and I came back. I go, it's Brussels sprouts. I forgot what Brussels sprouts were. Yeah, man. I feel like, I feel like you're contagious. What's happening here? Yeah, I just, I obviously, it's just, I feel like, it's just like, I'm just like so mentally exhausted, I have forgotten what Brussels sprouts are. By the way, a delicious treat. <laughs> a delicious treat. I don't think that's, I don't think that's in the Brussels sprouts marketing. Brought to you by the Brussels sprouts growers of America. A delicious treat. You know, it's, it's a I don't good. Think, I don't think anybody's excited if they get that in their trick or treat bag. Well, I should let the dirt balls know that I am going to be moving back to my parents' house. I'm going to be holding it down for a little bit. So the house that Walt and Joanne built. Walt Street. Is going to. Uh, You're going to occupy Walt Street. I am by myself. So I think that opens a whole other. whole other. Just ca- put cameras in every room. Get Nick to move in. Well, th- this is what this is what I proposed. Have you invited Nick D'Alessandro to live with you yet? No, I, I proposed this. To my brothers, I, I did offer, I said, look, guys, obviously this has been the toughest year of our lives, and, you know, we're dealing with so much internally, but I said, why don't we all come back? Why don't we leave mom and dad's bedroom the way it was? Brad and I shared a bunk bed growing up. Mark and Greg. Elliot has the bedroom in the basement. We all, I said, we put cameras everywhere, and you and I have talked about this. We put cameras everywhere. I know you guys all have families. We move into the house for 30 days. We film everything for 30 days. Your wives and your kids can come visit for 30 days. We'd have enough footage for at least one season of a reality show. The Ruthers. Five men move back to their parents' house. What do you think? I'm I'm all in on it. And then I'll live in a van in the in the driveway and produce. And yeah, and then when that was kind of shut down, I said to my brother, "Okay, if you're moving back, 
I said, what if I subleased some of the rooms to Dirt Balls? No, 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 no. None of that. Like, shot down instantly. Yeah, I don't think you want Dirt Balls. That's, you know. It was more of a joke. Yeah. But I wanted to see where it would go. Well, Nick's a dirt ball. Nick DeLisandro. Yeah. But he's also an employee, you know, to turn in that Costco card for a Sam's Club card. No, no, no. I'm not. Look, I'm not. I know my dad loves Sam's Club, but I was my goal was going to be eventually to try to convert him. I know it would never work. I'm not throwing. He literally it. said, over my dead body. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> uh well, it's like, I'd rather get out of here than go to fucking Costco. <laughs> Your dad's savage. He is a savage. Did I, did I share? Because you saw, because the funeral was on YouTube. You saw my eulogy for my dad. Yeah. But did I share on the on the show what my dad said, which I shared in the eulogy? I don't think so. So my dad this summer said, he's going over Will stuff, and he said, if I die tomorrow... You get 20% of the house. You get the bathrooms. <laughs> and I shared that at the funeral because that was my dad. He he always had a sense of humor about things. And I, I joked during the eulogy. I go, this one really hits home today. Sharing that. Uh, but that's what I loved about my dad. You know, always gave me shit when... Maybe I didn't deserve it, or at an inopportune time. Do do we just want to get into my Walt stuff now? Sure, why not? Because we've discussed baseball. Yeah. Then we'll get into basketball and do our NFL preview. All right. So what I'm going to do now, and obviously it's going to be different for the YouTube show, but what I'm going to do now is play the interview I did with my dad during Freezer Bowl. Regarding Freezer Bowl. Sorry, regarding yeah. Freezer Bowl. So we are here with my dad. The infamous Walt Ruther. You've heard so much about him. He's the goat of dads. Do you know what goat means, dad? Yes. Greatest of all time. Did you know that? You didn't know that. That's what, they, that's what the kids say. They say goat. The greatest of all time. They, they call Tom Brady the goat quarterback. Do you think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time quarterback? Or would you say Montana? I, I think... Uh Boomer Esiason. Say <laughs> that's why he's the best. Now you you've told me about the Freezer Bowl so many times uh, in person, and I've actually talked about it on the show. The twenty-seven year anniversary was actually this week of the Freezer Bowl against the Chargers, the AFC Championship game in nineteen eighty-one. Correct. Right. What is it on a Saturday or a Sunday? I don't know. Was it 80 or 81? Do you know? Probably 81. Okay, so 81. Yeah, that would have been 27 years. You went to the game. Yes. So, on record, it's the coldest game, windshield-wise, in NFL history. <laughs> Not temperature, but windshield-wise, to get really specific. Uh, what was that game like? Well, first of all, just set up that game. Why did you go? You knew how cold it was going to be, right? Right, because it was, uh, I think we wore nylon stockings. We took newspapers to put down on the concrete to keep our feet from freezing. But when I left the house, 
It was eight below zero. I drove down there. I don't know where I parked, but I drove down there. It was eight below zero, very sunny and very windy that day. You told me the other day there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was just completely sunny, but just freezing. Right? Right. So what what, what is I'm, I never heard that. What does the newspapers do putting that on the ground? What does that do? It just insulates against the cold concrete. Oh, okay. Interesting. And it was interesting at the end of the game. I'll let you know what happened with the newspapers, too. So at that point, you were diehard Bengals, correct? Yes. This is the Ken Ad- By the way, guys, this is the first time they made the Super Bowl, the Ken Anderson days. Uh, were you going to every game, every home game? No, we had season tickets. A neighbor up the street, he bought one, I bought one. We went together three times. I had him for three games, and he had him for three games. At that time, we had all the kids playing sports, so a lot of times we couldn't go on Sundays. Or what would have been four and four? Were they doing 16 games at that point, or were they doing 14? It was nine at home total. Wait, that doesn't make sense. That would have been, that would be 18 games. I'm confused. Well, you got the playoff, you got the preseason games too, Andy. Okay. So whatever, regardless of how many games, so you, so you guys split the tickets. Right. But we went together for that game. So who would you take on, if you had, who would you go with then? When you, you guys went together to the games? I'm confused. Why am I confused by this? We went together three games together, and then I hit him for three games for myself, and he hit him three games for himself. So then who would you go on those other three games with? Sometimes it, would, you know, it was so cold or something going on, we, didn't, we let them rot a lot of times. They didn't even, didn't even go. Did mom ever go to games? I don't think so. <laughs> she was shut out. So, so that's when the Bengals were actually fun to watch, good to go, uh, good to go to the games, and... You you go to this game, and you've always told me this. There was there was wasn't there two guys? It was so cold. These idiots were shirtless, and didn't they die? Yeah, a couple of them. They couldn't. They got their body temperature so low, they couldn't revise them. They couldn't get their temperatures back up. So probably passed out and died at a bar later on in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't drinking alcohol during the game. Didn't drink a thing. Because that's a, that affects your body temperature? Right. My brothers went to the game, and one of my brothers said that the foam on his beer froze. <laughs> the fo- it was that cold. The beers were freezing. It was that cold. But I didn't, the only time I, I did go into the men's john just to try to get warm. I remember that. So You just went in there just to, just to get warm. That's crazy. Were you miserable the whole game? I had like a ski mask on. A ski mask on. And I think the snot was running down my nose, <laughs> out of my nose. It was, it was pretty cold. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. So actually, I was wrong. It was, uh, yeah, that was the 81 season. So it was January 10th, 1982. Yeah, correct. So that would have been the 82 Super Bowl, the Bengals' first one uh, against the 49ers. So it says, according to Wikipedia, air temperature was negative 9 degrees, but the wind chill sustained a factor of 27 miles per hour, creating negative uh, 37. So if, if you, it felt like negative 37 with the wind chill. Well, I thought it was more than that. It was like, they said it was negative like 60. Okay, well, you can, and, you can dispute that, whatever Wikipedia is saying. So the Bengals come into this game and they're playing the Chargers, who ironically, you know, come from warm 
San Diego at the time. They had they had just played a game in uh, Miami the the the, the, uh, the week before. So oh, the Chargers had the Chargers had. Yeah, and I'm seeing the Bengals had already beat them forty to seventeen earlier in the season. So you were pretty confident the Bengals are going to win this game. Right? I, don't re- I don't remember. You don't remember. <clears throat> So at, at the time, Chris Collinsworth was a rookie this year. Was he was he always one of your favorite players, Collinsworth? Yeah, he actually was kind of a neighbor in the neighborhood. Before he was married and everything, he lived in some condos off of Five Mile. Oh, right by here. Yeah, because we, uh, after bowling one time, went into the local chili parlor. and he Skyline? Was, he was in there, yes. He was going to get some of the Bengals to bowl us, but that never came about, so... <laughs> that would have been that would have been crazy. The thing about the Bengals game, uh, a lot of the Bengals players were sleeveless. They didn't have, did not have any protection on their sleeves. They were all bare armed for that whole for that whole game, which is crazy too. Yeah. But the, the the Bengals just blow them out. Then they go to the Super Bowl. That's when they lost uh, the 49ers in Detroit. But what ha- so what happened when, when you leave that game? Are you just are you, can you feel your body? Well, I've never been cold since. <laughs> You're cold all the time. The uh, at the end of the game, everybody had the newspapers to put on the concrete, and the war, the wind was just swirling in the in the uh, stadium. So people, all this newspaper was just swirling around in the stadium like a big tornado. It was. I still remember that. Oh, because everybody had the newspapers. And on the it ground. was all flying around. It was all blowing all around in the stadium. So the newspapers looked like snow for the whole place. So it was really, really, really cold. But was that like, Dad? Is that game enjoyable at all for you, or is it just hell the whole game? No, it's something I can brag about being there. That's the only thing. Was, That's it. Yeah, <clears throat> and of course the Bengals again were fun. Then that was a fun team. So uh, it, it wouldn't even. You couldn't pay me to go to a Bengals game now. What if, it, I, what if I gave you, if I said, here's $200 cash, would you do it? No, would not go there. $500 cash. No. You do it for $500 cash, Dad. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd take the money and not go, and you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> when did you stop rooting for him? Basically, when uh, Paul Brown took over? Yeah, when, when Paul Brown died, or I'm sorry, when, when, Mike, when Mike Brown, Brown. took over. I mean, yeah. he's just a disaster. He's an idiot. He, well, he just doesn't, he doesn't care about winning. Yeah, because I remember, I remember the, uh, my first Bengals memory is actually the second 49ers Super Bowl. I remember we went to some friend's house. Remember there was a Super Bowl party. Right, and I, I made all those helmets with the, uh, the Bengals stripes on them. Yeah, you made all that stuff. And I was in the first grade. And you know what I remember? I remember, you know, I don't, you know, first grade, you don't understand football, but I remember how quiet the car ride home was because Montana had just led that, you know, incredible comeback. That was, that was probably the, the, one of the last memories for you as far as caring about the team, right? Or you cared for a couple more years. Yeah, I went to a few other games, really. We had a friend that had season tickets and he had them for years and nobody would go with him. Uh, and out of you know pity, I went to hit with him a few times to the Bengals games. His wife wouldn't go. Nobody would go, so he'd go by himself a lot of times. That's depressing. Yeah. So it had, you know, it, well, one of my memories of those games was he had tickets in the end zone. And the Bengals are losing, of course. One of the pa- uh, patrons put up a big, a group of guys put up a big sheet criticizing Mike Brown. 
So Mike Brown's Gestapo threw them all out. And at the top of the lungs, the last 30,000 that were in the stadium uh, yelled out, Mike Brown sucks. Everybody was yelling, Mike Brown sucks as, as loud as they could. So and there was, at one time, there was a website, MikeBrownSucks.com. <laughs> and the Bengals basically sued him to take it down, and I think the NFL had something to do with it also. Wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So it's, Mike Brown is the type of guy, we had a high school team uh, in the stadium when there was grass on the stadium. Uh, the high school was playing a game. It was a St. X game. It was, it was a St. X game, and then... Mike Brown would not let the band on the field at halftime because it would mess up mess up the uh, this turf. It's unreal. And then basically a few years later, he made the county of of uh, Hamilton County, Ohio, pay to put down astroturf and get rid of the uh, grass. So it was your taxpayer dollars, right? Would you if if he if the Brown family if he ever sold the team? Would you care about the Bengals anymore? You just don't care anymore. No, I don't, I don't care about the football like I used to, especially the professionals, you know, where they're sitting down, <laughs> all the protest. They're just a bunch of, well, I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. It's fine. But you used to go to, real quick, Dad, because you used to tell me some crazy stories. You used to sometimes go to games in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland, right? Yes. Didn't you have an insane experience uh, up in old municipal stadium where the Browns used to play? I don't know. I was, I used to hang out in a bar when I was in, maybe it was college. From coming from Cincinnati, the bus ride, all you could drink, all you could eat, and the ticket was like $10 for the whole time. But I don't know what the experience you were thinking about. Maybe that was it. So all you can eat, all you can drink, it go, the bus goes from Cincinnati to Cleveland, and a ticket for $10. Right. Now, this could have been, I don't know, back in... Well, before the Bengals, so <clears throat> in the 60s then. Oh, so you were Browns before the Bengals. Yeah, the Browns. We were all, Cincinnati was an avid Browns territory. Because the Bengals came into existence in 1968. Right. So, because I know they just celebrated 50 years. So you were always big on the Browns then. Yeah, and then I worked for a company, and we had like 175 season tickets to the Bengals games, and we we were we were salesmen, and we took clients all the time. When I transferred up to Columbus, Ohio, every Sunday I would take a client of mine and his wife and my wife. We would go down to Cincinnati, go to brunch, then go to the game, and then drive back to Columbus, Ohio. Wow, I didn't know all that. Well, Dad, the Freezer Bowl, that's great that you were there. That, that is a lasting memory. And... Uh that's, I'm glad you got to share it with us. Do you have any words of wisdom for the dirt balls? Stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is the one and only Walt Ruther. Thanks, Dad. Over and out. And now I want to discuss my favorite sports memories with my dad. Um, cause I, and I don't have many. I have a few. But I think that's a great way to honor him. Like we said last episode... The reason I love sports is because of my dad. Even though he wasn't like the biggest sports guy, especially as he got older, but the reason I love sports is because of my dad. Like if 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 your dad was with us still, would he be watching this game right now? Yes. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Be, you know, what is it? Started at noon Eastern? Yeah. He'd be watching. 
but like it, it waned more over the years. He was more, I think he was more into sports when he had kids around to take stuff to, or he knew how passionate, especially I was into sports. Like I remember my first Xavier game. That's one of the things I want to share. I'll never forget my first Xavier basketball game. I was in the first grade. It was Xavier 19 would have been 89, 88. I don't know. They were playing uh, Detroit Mercy, who's now just Detroit, in the MCC Conference. Okay. The old Cincinnati Gardens. At the MCC sounds like some shit Joe Rogan tries to sell his listeners on. <laughs> Put the MCC Conference in your coffee. It make, <laughs> makes your brain not get Alzheimer's. Yeah. So it was uh, the Midwestern Collegiate so Conference. Put a little MCC syrup on your elk meat. And then, by the way, that was a good Xavier team. They had Derek Strong, who made it to the NBA, Tyrone Hill, who actually I think was a one or two time All Star. They they had some really good players. They made it to the Sweet Sixteen. But I remember my first ever Tyrone Z- Hill, definitely on the all jacked up teeth team. He was one. Of the, he's one of the ugliest guys ever. Yeah. <laughs> was he not? Yeah. He's one of the ugliest guys ever. So I remember that game. Like that was that was a very vivid memory. I went with my dad and my uncle Dan. Rest in peace. Like my family said, the worst year. My uncle Dan died in February too. My dad's brother, uh, but the, but the three of us went, and the old print of the Cincinnati Gardens. Oh, it was it was, it doesn't exist anymore. It was so smelly, and it had this stale beer, just vibe and scent to it. And you walked in, and that's where Oscar Robertson. Used Cincinnati to play. Gardens, by the way, sounds like an Asian Jack Shack. That's like you know <laughs> on the outskirts of the city. You go in, they give you a. Uh, washcloth shower. The lights hung re- like from the t- you know it was real, it was all dark. It was yeah. one of those old arenas, and that's where the Cincinnati Royals played. And my dad, I used to love going to Xavier. Played there until two thousand. So basically, my childhood going to Xavier games was at the Cincinnati Gardens, which they shared with the local hockey team, like the minor league affiliate. But my dad would always share stories of going to watch the Cincinnati Royals play and Oscar Robertson. And like that was always cool for me as a kid to hear him talk about how, and it was always so cheap. So, like, that's my one of my first great memories is going to that game with my dad and my uncle. And I actually was at the very last game at the Gardens as well. Wow. The last Xavier game? The last game they ever played there before they got an on campus arena. And Cutter was with me. They played St. Joe's. And, and what I liked about the Gardens was it was a very blue call. It's like anything. That was when they moved to the DMT conference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it is. You move into your own conf- your own on-campus arena, and there's box suites. Yeah. Even though it's college, it's the same way. Yeah. You know, you're getting more of the corporate vibe, and you take away from just there was no suites at the old Cincinnati Gardens. And I attended the last game, and they showed their favorite memories on the screen from the gardens, and all these drunk men were like, like a lot of them were getting very emotional because they had all these memories of all the games. Uh, so, so those are fond memories I have, and I hate that the gardens doesn't exist anymore. But by far, my favorite sports. What is in the what is in the location where the gardens was? Do you know? I think they imploded it a year or two ago. I don't know if anything's up there yet. Like. It actually crushes me that the gardens doesn't exist. It was such a dump, dude. I mean, such a dump. 
It was small. Here's a fun fact. The Beatles performed there. Wow. Yeah. I believe in like 65 or 66. I just imagine your dad going like, bunch of hippies, get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Look like terrorists. You know, he says that. Walt had some long hair for a minute. Oh, yeah. Not like crazy long. Just 70s long. But like, if you look through my Instagram post or I put together all these great pictures of my dad uh, for the funeral services, I mean, he had it. So that talk of me this summer looking like a protester, I should have dug into the archives, you know, before he passed and been like, Dad, come on. I feel like uh, we had some protesters in our family that looked like Dad. Yeah. But my favorite memory with my dad is definitely the 1990 World Series. Game one. Who went to that game? Just me and my dad. Just you and your dad. Game one of the World Series. Family family of boys, five boys. Cincinnati Reds are in the World Series. Game one. You go. So here's how it worked. My dad got two tickets. You know, you buy tickets for all. The Reds had four home games. Yep. They only needed two because they swept, the, swept Oakland. So game one, my dad and I went. Game two, Greg and my mom went. And the... My little brother would have been too young. He would have been like five. And they probably wouldn't have taken him. And my older brothers, they just weren't into, they weren't into baseball. So I got to go to game one. And, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was eight. I was about to be nine the next month. I was in the third grade. We go down to Flanagan's was the bar near the stadium. It doesn't exist anymore. So my dad takes me into the bar. And I think I've shared this on the show. I'm the only kid. In the entire bar. Because that's what my dad used to do. Like, I, I like I, I know you could probably come from a, you know, a little different experience because your dad obviously was big into soccer, and I don't know how much he was into American sports. Yeah. But, like, when we, when we would do this, my dad would take us to bars. We'd yeah. always be the only kids. And it's funny looking back on it. Because, like, right, if, if we're at a bar now, you don't see a kid in there. Yeah. They wouldn't even allow it. Yeah. But no, back- it was the same way. Like, if, if we ever did go to... Uh, if my dad ever took us to anything, it was like a Knicks game at the Garden, and there's there used to be a restaurant bar outside the Garden, Charlie O's, and yeah, you'd be in there and like it's all these men like having steak or a burger before the game, and like and and it was like connected to the Garden. You'd go in and you'd just be like, wow, is this what you guys do? Like, dudes just come out and get drunk and walk right into the. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and there's and and you you know you have a couple kids in there running around like assholes. But I remember this vividly. I, you know, I go to game one. It was at Flanagan's, and they were doing a live radio show from a, a Bengals backup quarterback. His name is Turk Schoner. He actually passed away a couple years ago. But he had a – I think he was like their third string. He had a radio show on the local sports talk radio, and people can come up and ask questions, share their input, right? And for people who don't know, the Reds were huge underdogs. Oakland had been to two straight World Series. They had swept the Giants the year before. And the year before that, they lost to the infamous Kirk Gibson. So Oakland was loaded. This was their third straight World Series. And the Reds were huge underdogs. Um, And everybody's going up and talking. And then I go up. And the whole place is just like laughing. Like, why is this child going on radio? And I'm like, I think the Reds are going to win. And I'm talking like that. And at the time, I had written a rap. I was big into rap. Again, my first favorite artist was MC Hammer. That's the first cassette tape I ever bought. So I had written this rap about the Reds, and I still remember a lot of the lines. 
it was like Eric Davis is so famous. Paul O'Neill is the real deal. <laughs> Mariano Duncan is really something. <laughs> we're the best from the West because the Reds were in the Western yeah. Division. Like rhymes an eight-year-old would write. Yeah. So I had this memorized, and my dad says, or Drake, either way. Yeah. So Walt says to me, you put your right foot in, you take your right (laughs) foot out, you do the tootsie slide, and you shake it all around, motherfucker. Anyway, please continue. Walt (laughs) says, trying to get my Drake shots in. No, that's great. So Walt says to me, you should do your rap on radio. And he goes, next commercial break, go up to the host. And and it's it's this is why I love my dad so much, Prano, because he wasn't even going to do it for me. Even at like, think, which is crazy because right now I'm thinking, I got three nephews and nieces that are eight. No way they would do this. No way. So my dad says during commercial break, go up to him and ask him if you can do your rap on live radio. And my dad watches me. I'll never forget. I go up to him and I tug on his shirt from behind. And he's laughing. And I'm like, I'm like, sir, I've written this rap about the Reds. <laughs> Can I do it on air? And I can see he's just like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, sure. So they come back from commercial break, and he says, you know, Andy, who just asked us a question or shared his thoughts about the Reds-Oakland World Series, he has a little rap that he's written, and he has it memorized, and he's going to recite it. And I'm not lying. The entire bar got dead quiet. Like, you couldn't hear a sound. And imagine, before a World Series game, it's packed. It's right by the stadium. And I did it. And I did it. And when I finished it, the place just erupted. And, like, I walked over and, like, it's it's such a good memory because, like, I was so proud of myself and my dad was so proud of me. And I, uh, and I like, I'll never forget the smile on his face, like, how happy he was for me. And uh, then we go to the game and I win. And this is where you got a taste for performing. This is why you get a taste for radio. Now you're a comedian and a yeah. podcaster. Last time you crushed, but you know. <laughs> yeah, man. And and like that that game, Eric Davis drops a two out bomb in the first inning. I don't know if you remember. Against Dave Stewart. And the Reds didn't look back from there. Rio pitched a gem. The Reds won seven nothing. And I'll still never forget going back, being in the parking lot and everyone's honking. And all that, and like people going, "Hey, it's little Andy Ruther from the radio. <laughs> Andy Ruther spits some bars, dog." But like, I'll, like that memory for me has always been my going dad. home, getting that Eminem notebook out, writing <laughs> writing rhymes about Eric Davis going yard on Dave Stewart, writing rhymes about black on black crime. <laughs> I love it. And they didn't look back. The, yeah. Re- the Reds won the next three. The big underdog swept the favorite Oakland Athletics, and I don't know, man. Like that to me, like like I, I just want to say something, and not to get too deep, but like, guys, the thing I've learned this year is we don't have anything in life guaranteed. We don't, and I've seen that losing my parents unexpectedly twice. So like these memories I have, I've always cherished, but I cherish them even more. And the reason I say that to the listeners is take advantage of the time you have. 
with your parents, with your friends, with your loved ones, and make memories. Because you really do only live once. And you don't know when that time will be taken from you. And I'm fortunate and I'm so lucky that I had a great relationship with both my parents and that I did spend a lot of time with them even though I lived out here the last 13 years. That has been so nice to look back on. And like this memory, as you know, like I'll cherish that forever. The Reds suck. We see they, they can't score any runs. You know, we're talking 30 years ago is this memory. But how cool is that? And I never even thought about it until you said it, Prano. Like, game one, my dad was like, I'm taking Andy. Like, it's such an awesome memory to have. Yeah. And I, I, I'm lucky and thankful to have all these memories. And if you're a parent or if you're a son or daughter or whatever, just make those memories with your kids. That, that's, that's what I'll say because you don't know it's nice to have and, and, and cherish all that stuff. And I have some great memories. So I'm well, thanks for sharing. Them, man. Yeah. Thanks man. And, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping at some point I will get to go to another Reds world series game, but at the rate they're scoring. Yeah. It, it might not ever maybe, happen. Maybe the Reds are waiting for you to have a kid. Yeah. To, to take a game one. I won't be able to afford that. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear how much tickets were? Yeah. I, I vividly remember. Take a guess. Now, they were they were upper deck. Upper deck, game one, face value for the World Series? 1990. $77. You're pretty close. I want to say, I bet my mom kept them. I had them for the longest time. I want to say $60. Sounds about right. 30 years of inflation? Yeah. I mean, even now, baseball tickets for the, like, you know, these games are expensive because uh, the racket that is the secondary markets and all that stuff and all these all these big ticket companies owning, owning their secondary sites and blah, blah, blah. But, like, even now, I bet you, I bet you Upper Deck World Series tickets, I bet you the face value isn't $200. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know, though. The Dodgers, the Do I remember how expensive the Dodgers-Red Sox World Series was. Yeah. Now, again, that's two big markets and also— But again, that's that's with uh, somebody overcharging you on the way out, right? Like, I, I want to say when Mikey and I went to Game 3 of Mets-Royals, I want to say we paid, like, 200 bucks a ticket. Maybe. Okay. Maybe that much. How excited are you about NBA Finals? I mean, I, w I was really excited uh, for a good series. And, you know, we said it on the show. I've been talking to Tug about it. Tug tweeted about it. I replied to him last night. Like, he was like, why do, why do I feel like the, the Heat have a chance? And I said, I, I absolutely think that they have a chance, but they have to win game one. And game one wasn't close. And now I actually don't think they have a chance. I I, I think I think the chances of the Heat winning the NBA Finals if they won game one gets closer to like 50-50. And the way they lost game one 
guys getting injured. But just honestly, their half-court offense looking as bad as it did against their defense, against the Lakers' defense, and their inability to stop Anthony Davis, and the fact that guys were making shots for the Lakers, um, you lose that game like that. I actually think that they have a 6% chance of winning the championship now. And, I, and look, I'm rooting for the Lakers for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, being a LeBron guy, obviously being a uh, anti-Heat guy as a Knicks fan. You know, that's one of our was one of our rivals back in the day. Um, I like Pat Riley. I like this Heat team. But to be up 13 early in that game and to be down 30 at one point, like, I think that it's over. Yeah. I think it's fully over. Well, I thought it was going to be a series. When they were up 23-10 to 10 to start the game, I was like, okay, we're going to have us a series. And I tend to agree with you. To have that big point swing, I believe at one point, I could be wrong on this, the Lakers went on like a 45-15 to 15 run or yeah. some shit. There was a point, I think it was like a 70-20 to 20 run or something like that. I saw a good tweet. I think it was Roger Sherman from The Ringer. And I liked this comparison. It was something about the Heat reminds you of a team during the NCAA tournament who keeps upsetting people yeah. and makes it to the Final Four, and then they go against the one seed yeah. and then just get destroyed. Because you see that happen sometimes. Yeah. And, and and I like that analogy that they've they've dominated so far the Heat this playoffs, and they've upset team after team, and then they just run into a buzzsaw of the Lakers. But again, they upset the one seed in the East. They upset the team with the best record. And it wasn't close. And they dominated them. And they came out and they did what they had to do to start the game. And it fell apart real fast. Yeah. And you know what? Here's here's something I thought I'd never say. I got to give props to Paul Pierce, who at halftime was, you know, I, I wouldn't say he was LeBron slurping, but for once in his fucking life, he was giving LeBron the credit that LeBron was due, he was saying, you know, LeBron is making is is feeding people, and if he's not making the assist for the pass, he's making the pass that leads to the pass, which I really think cannot be overstated. LeBron is the single greatest passer I have ever seen. Yeah, and it's not about the vision. I think there are there are point guards in history who have better vision than LeBron. I think there are point guards in history who are better at hitting cutters, getting guys, you know, blatant assists, that kind of thing. But LeBron makes passes that no one has ever made before LeBron. And since LeBron has started doing it, no one has the strength to make the passes he makes. And some of those passes, again, like Paul Pierce was saying, he goes into the lane, he jumps up, he fires a dart to somebody who's open in the corner, and then the movement takes a closeout, and then that guy swings it to somebody who's wide open. Yeah. And this the wide open shot that is made doesn't happen at all, not even close, with anybody else in the history of basketball specifically without that pass that LeBron makes to set it up that 
that makes the defense then go like, oh, fuck, like, fuck, how did that guy get the ball? And now they're just reacting to that, and then you, you make one more pass. I mean, if the Lakers are going to shoot the way the Lakers shot last night. The start. They got really cold yeah, for a minute, but yeah. the first half. There's no way. They don't stand a chance. That you're going to beat them. And I know everybody's on the, here's what I'll say. For the LeBron haters, like, all you have left to root for is, like, him not getting MVP. That's all you have left to root for. He's winning this series. He's He'll be four and six. He's closing that gap real fast on the guys who have more championships than him. He's closing the gap on on his, you know, uh, finals record. Anthony Davis, if you're Anthony Davis, how do you leave? He won't. He won't. There's no so, way. So good fucking luck with LeBron James who I don't know what he's doing. Taking compound V, I don't know, but like the guy ain't slowing down. And there's no doubt about it. He's making the whole thing run. You, We can, you know, if the voters are sick of giving LeBron the awards, whatever, like Andy Davis could win the MVP. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you something. Magic Johnson's got three finals MVPs. He was the leading scorer on his team one of those years in the finals. Like, there is a history out there of finals MVP voters going, we know who the most valuable player is. It's not about points. Like, Anthony Davis was great last night. Anthony Davis is a great rim defender. Anthony Davis got a lot of buckets, but Anthony Davis gets a lot of easy buckets. Yeah. yeah. LeBron James is by far the most valuable player on the court. Well, he is, of course, and, and Anthony Davis really has been amazing um, on both sides of the ball all year. And, of course, in the playoffs, you know, I posted the graphic that ESPN or ABC put up last night it's, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty amazing. Like, I didn't even really add a caption besides the the eye emoji. Yeah, because the graphic says enough. At this time, entering last night's game, all time playoff ranks in the history of the NBA, LeBron is first in minutes, first in points, first in wins, first in steals. He's second in three point field goals made. Who was he? Won't he? Won't pass Steph? No. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. He might pass Steph, but if Steph get like, there's a nice gap between him and Steph in that regard, and there's a chance, there's a decent chance Steph plays in another finals at some point in his career. He's second in triple doubles. I don't know who's ahead of him. Magic Johnson? Probably. And he's third in assists, and then... Probably Magic and... and Stockton, I assume. Mark Jackson said he thought, and I don't know if he had the numbers in front of him. Mark Jackson said last night, I think LeBron can move into first on assists. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a gap. The gap between him and and Steph in threes, I think he's got like seventy or something like that, and Steph has a hundred and twenty, or he's at eighty and Steph's got a hundred and twenty. So he probably won't pass Steph, and again, Steph at some point may may play in a fi- another finals and. You know, next thing you know, he's got thirty more. Yeah. Um and and Clay is at, like Clay is like one behind LeBron. Like LeBron has passed Clay, I think, last year. You know, two years ago or whatever. And 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 this season, in this game, uh, so he probably won't, he'll probably be first, first, first all around, second in triple doubles, and second in threes. Yeah. 
So it's pretty amazing. You, you know, at this point, it's like, to me personally, I would say the only blemish that I see on his finals is the Mavs series. Which I couldn't, I can't, like, I'll, I want to do a, I want to do a fucking, you know, Civil War, baseball type 11 part documentary to, to but, like but, but that's, express how good that Mavs team was and how, how they're disrespected like, well, well, through that's, the years. That's fine, Joe. But my point is LeBron still didn't have that good of a series. Like, that's fine. But, right, like, but again, that team was built in a way where I know, but, but to me, you're, it, it's almost like you're defending LeBron to death where I'm like, Hey man, if we look at the overall picture, like LeBron didn't play that good of a series. Right. Especially for his standards. But but by again, you're you're kind of comparing him to himself, right? Like I am. He he had a bad game for sure in that series. But and, he, and he, he didn't play I don't fantastically. Think he, ever, he didn't even average twenty points that series. Right. But again, go through Magic Johnson's career. Like guys like that, a facilitator, especially in a team with Dwayne Wade and Bosch, in the very first or the second one of those said their that was their first year together. Yeah. Well, well, look, and that's fine. My, my point is, overall, again, the numbers don't lie. Wing defenders for days on that team. Tyson Chandler, who goes on to be Defensive Player of the Year after that. Like, that team was built to stop that kind of player. Look, that's my point. Is Overall, he's. I mean, you can't deny his, his finals performances uh, of how he's played. And I'll just stick to the numbers and... You know, like like I said with you, I, I'm like I'm to the point. I'm just too exhausted to debate with people. Like, I'm just gonna appreciate the greatness and appreciate what he's done. Well, I mean, even on Van, the court. Gundy, Van Gundy said it last night during the game. You know, he's like, yeah, I'll leave the who's the greatest out there or whatever. And I know, I know Van Gundy as a guy who coached against Jordan, um, probably has his appreciation for Jordan. Um, I don't know if he was avoiding saying it because he didn't want to say Jordan or if he was avoiding saying it because he didn't want to say LeBron. But what he said and what is true and what is there, there is no arguing is that most Le- accomplished Le- Le- LeBron will, will be far and away the most accomplished player. He already is. I did. He li- already is. I did like I thought that was a really good take by Van Gundy. I really, really liked him. He's going to finish with the most points. He's going to be top five in assists all time. He's the only person on that list who's not a point guard. Uh, in the top 15. Um, and I think that's how we have to look at a lot of athletes. I think from that perspective of most accomplished, like, I, I think that's a that's a good viewpoint or good lens to view his career because when you say most accomplished, you do kind of take that stupid discussion out of it and you're like, dude, look how accomplished this guy was for what he did on the court. Uh, you know, t- to make a comparison, like we talk quarterbacks a lot on the show. If Drew Brees had four Super Bowls to Tom Brady seven or whatever the fuck Tom Brady has, eight, whatever, however many the the Patriots have, with all the numbers Brees has, if he had four Super Bowl wins, a lot of people are talking about the GOAT. If Dan Marino has four Super Bowl wins. Sure. A lot of people are talking about it. I mean, Joe Montana has four Super Bowl wins and none of the stats of a lot of these guys, and people still make that argument. Like, the the the, the titles thing is always a... If you don't have a title, 
at all, okay, there's something to be said for maybe he wasn't the guy. Maybe he couldn't do it. Maybe he never, you know, he, he couldn't lift up the other guys around him. LeBron's got four titles if he wins this. Four. He's proven he can win. He's been to 10 championship finals. He can win. He's a winner. And he has the most dominant personal resume of all time. He's the greatest basketball player ever. It's stupid that people still talk about this. Well, don't even engage. I know you will, but... Like, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Are you? Yeah, I'm getting better. <laughs> it's been a long time on any... Uh, it's been a long time on any subject that I had the 30 reply exchange. I don't have time for it anymore. I don't have the patience good, for good. it. Good. Good yeah. for you. I'm all for that. You know, I haven't tweeted since September 15th on my personal account. Wow. I, I this is probably the longest. Right? I don't know. Why? Just haven't had the need to. I don't know, man. Like I obviously, you know, my dad was fighting for his life and that was occupying my mind and everything that has come with it since he died, but like I'm just like you didn't want to go like Lori Kilmartin and get a Conan spot out of it. Live tweet your dad's death or whatever. No, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I I just like I'm lucky that you and I have this show because even last night I'm like, uh, you know, I'll just save it for dirty sports. I'm not like against tweeting or anything. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I'm just in my head. I'm like. I don't I don't even want to argue with people because people are so made up in their minds again to me it's always politically and with sports like those two go hand in hand and people don't want to change their minds and I don't know it's 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 all skewed for you know the algorithms that if you watched the social dilemma yet yeah and we already knew this yeah. you and I didn't we didn't have to watch the documentary and it's just like, I don't know. Like it was, it was so funny. It it was so funny to me watching that documentary, and then seeing the Chrissy Teigen post after she lost her baby. I don't know if you saw it. I did. And I just thought, look, you're having a professional photo taken after you lost a child. Not something I would do. Like, we're so in this world, and I saw a lot of the discussions underneath it. I don't know if you clicked on that. I did not. I actually, I thought about, trust me, I thought about all the, the same things that you're thinking and saying, but I was like, I don't even want to open that box. Because you know what the thing is? Uh, I I wouldn't do that either. was kind of cringeworthy to see it even trending today. Uh, but like, But I know that also underneath that is going to be like hate, and like that's not right either like you can be cringe all you want but like then the the you know i'm sure she was attacked and she was that's not appropriate either i, I agree it's unwarranted it's 100 percent unwarranted but uh, again I, I just thought like it, it was it was almost crazy joe to watch that doc i watched it on my flight yesterday to watch it and on the same day to see a post like that where you're like i just was thinking about myself and the thought of like taking a picture in the hospital with my dad or when he's intubated, like 
like, I find it personally, I'll just say it, she can do what she wants. I find it repulsive. And, and the, the argument on the other side would say, hey, there's a stigma against women who lose children and all this. And it's like, that's fine too. But like, I don't know. Like, I think certain things. I also think you got to consider the source. You know, I think it's a totally different situation if, let's say, Julia Roberts lost a baby. And then, and then she puts it up and you go, oh, you know, she's not really a super public person and whatever. Every single thing that Chrissy Teigen does from taking a shit to voting to losing a baby to people replying to her, everything is look at me, look at me, look at me all the time. Look at me, look at me. It's our personal life is our it, basically her personal life and her relationship and everything is her brand now. It's all about just vomiting your privacy yeah for publicity it's a great way of putting it and you know if if somebody who you know is is the respect our privacy type of thing goes hey there's a stigma about women who lose babies and you know instead of being the kind of person that keeps quiet about this thing that i would normally do i'm going to talk about it but like everything yeah and and, and look, a couple can't go to the supermarket and order coffee without it being like hey, let me tell you about this and that just to me gets a little it, it's like okay we get it well look i've obviously been very public with a lot of things on social media myself but i agree like to me i i guess personally there does come a line where you're like dude don't you value for yourself or for your family and like like I, I can't I don't know the thought of the thought of me putting out anything out there after losing a child like a professional photo from the hospital it's like that that wasn't put out by people that was put out from your own social account how can that not be cringeworthy I, I don't know I, again she can do what she wants but like from my perspective that was just one of those. I judge everything on a case by case basis, but to me, um, uh, in this case, it's like, where do you guys, what, what could ever happen that you guys would not try to turn into a fucking Instagram post? Well, I mean, and and that's you're where I'm at because to me, that that was that line right, right there. Because because again, my thing is, I'm not it's. It's not the same for everybody. But when you're doing it again, 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 it's like it's just nonstop. It just goes, take a day off. And like I said, especially after the same exact day watching the Social Dilemma documentary and the world we live in, you're just like, dude, ugh, going to Montana, living in a van down by the river man was not expecting that tangent today yeah i didn't think i didn't know uh i i briefly saw that this morning i didn't know it was going to come up on the dirty sports podcast but i done a little bit more homework hey I, I i put my phone down i didn't i i, I clicked i didn't watch much or i didn't read much i saw first few comments i literally didn't read anything. i saw i saw I'm like oh it's idiots arguing cool i saw the picture and i was like damn it 
I'm not even gonna give. I'm not even gonna click the tweet. So you were like me. I cringed looking at the picture. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ugh. Well, I just saw it trending, and I saw that you know Twitter does the explanation now of something trending. They give you the blurb, and I was like, no, 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 not not today, not today, Twitter. Can I ask you something now that we're on this topic? Yeah. As far as non-sports, why? Because this has gone on, Joe, since we were kids with Rock the Vote, with Voter Die, whatever campaign it is. Why does the NBA, the NFL, Instagram, you name it, why do they care if people vote? This has always been my question. Why do they care or why are they pushing people to vote? What is the end game for them is my question. The end game for them is the same, and I'm glad that you brought it up. To keep the same two-party bullshit? No, Rock, so it's, look, it's people that don't have enough information. It's just people that want you to vote for the Democrat. And that's why it's, uh, it's youth targeting. They just assume if you're young and you're watching the NBA or if you're a P. Diddy fan or if you like Paris Hilton, that you're not voting for a Republican. So when people say vote, they mean vote for the person I want you to vote for. That's what they mean. It's a good point. A hundred percent of the time. LeBron's not saying vote for whoever you want. LeBron's saying vote for Biden. P. Diddy's saying vote for Biden. Uh, all these people are just saying vote for Biden. And and the same thing, like, and, and that is, look, you can flip the coin and talk about the other side is like, why doesn't Donald Trump want you to vote? The more people that vote, the less likely he is to win. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't win the popular vote. Like, there is strength in numbers for the Democrats. The more people who vote, the less likely he is to win. That's why he's trying to shit on the idea that votes, some votes shouldn't count. Uh, mail-in votes shouldn't count. And there's blah, blah, blah. And we're, they're finding mail-in votes in the river and they're mailing them to the wrong people. It's like, yeah, also, when you go vote in person, there's hanging chads and there's a, a, a literally one million-year-old lady who's I, like, what's your name? I, I, I don't think you can say that anymore. What? Hanging chads? Too many racial connotations. Canceled. Uh, I think I think chads are generally white people, so you can still talk about it. It's like, bruh. Ocho Cinco might disagree. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that I mean, that's to answer your question, they're saying vote for the people we want you to vote for. Every single person that's ever said get out and vote is trying to get you to vote for them. Even the NFL? The NFL is mostly a conservative-run league. They're pushing the votes. They're just trying to get – They're just the NFL is trying to do – they have clean-up aisle seven. They, they, have, <laughs> they have a four-year – Somebody has been walking up and down the NFL aisle in the supermarket vomiting for four straight years. They basically expose themselves as being blatantly anti-black, blatantly anti-freedom of speech, like blatantly everything. And now they're trying to they're trying to do spin control because we aren't where we were four years ago where the NFL could just be like, yeah, we don't believe in black people having freedom of speech in America and people being like, that's cool. Now people are like, yo, you can't do that anymore. And they're like, Oh, you can't. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's try to become, let's try to flip the script. Now well, we have a game canceled this week. Yeah. COVID has now hit the NFL. 
The Titans. Uh, who are they playing? Pittsburgh Steelers. Titans Steelers. I loved this too. I I loved. Uh, it's gonna be a good game. I loved. I wanted to bet heavy on the uh, Titans. Steelers were favored in that game. I didn't understand it. Steelers yeah. had not beaten anybody good. I was on. I was telling people who were hitting me up early. I'm like, this is one of my games, and canceled. Yeah, it's uh, it's done. Well, there will be a full slate of games besides that this week. And dirt balls. If you're gonna watch the games, you know what they want. You know what they need to watch it with. The Miller Lite Cantena, Joe Prano. Love the Cantena. I need to get a Cantena, Andy. We need to talk to Miller Lite about getting me a Cantena. It is so awesome, the one that you showed me. What I love the most about it is there's beer in the can, but also I love using antennas. Like, yeah. It's better quality. It's faster. People don't know that now. There's an HD stream that comes through the air it's pretty amazing you can you can literally watch nfl games streamed hence the name cantana it's an antenna full of miller light and uh i have one and sadly i left it back in ohio i was gonna bring that for you we'll talk to our friends at miller light i think we can have, have to be shipped to a third party well, there you go, Dirtballs. The Miller Lite Cantana. Stop clicking around and start watching football with friends because when it's game time, it's Miller time. If you want to grab one of these for yourself, go to MillerLightCantana.com to enter for your chance to watch high-definition football on a beer. No purchase necessary. This this started on 9-11-20 and ends on 10-12-20 at 11.59.59 p.m. Central Time. You must be a legal resident of the 50 U.S. slash District of Columbia, those states, slash district, 21 years uh, twenty-one years of age or older. Cantenas are only available to the residents of Colorado, District of Columbia, Florida, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nebraska, Nevada, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Wisconsin, Void where prohibited. See official rules at MillerLightCantana.com for entry, instructions, prizes, restrictions, etc. Once again, that's MillerLightCantana.com. Okay, so we do have games to get through, Joe, this week. And uh, I don't even know what we're doing at this point. Are we doing anything? Because obviously I've had a lot going on in my personal life. Yeah, I... I don't. Uh, I haven't made picks for a couple weeks. I mean, I guess we'll just continue to make picks, but it's it sounds like it's going to be hard to uh, unless you want to start something now. Pick a couple games a week, make a couple. I don't know. It, it's up to you, but uh, we sort of missed the boat on it. Also, you still owe us an L chain wearing. Man, kick a guy when he's down, huh? Yeah, I mean, you like. I feel like. 2020 has hung its L, its own L chain on you. Yeah, it really has. Seriously. So I mean, I, I think th- it has for a lot. I think it, the L chain's been hung on this whole country. Yeah. So I feel bad asking, but at, at the same time, you know, you're no he who shall not be named. Sure. You know, you're not a piece of human garbage who welches on bets. Yeah. Well, let's mow through these games, and as always, our weekly picks are brought to you by Game. Theory Picks. 
Our friends at Game Theory Picks provide profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. Subscription options available, Joe, are weekly, monthly, and yearly. And since they made a return to sports on July 20th, a $50 per play bettors have profited $600 in following Game Theory Picks. Receive your first month of Game Theory Picks for just $40. Visit GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code DIRTY. So once again, visit GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code DIRTY to get your first full month for just $40. And as we go over the lines this week, definitely use Game Theory Picks because, you know, the facts are you would have won $600 on a $50 play if you started using them since July 20th. So win yourself some money. Go to Game Theory Picks. Use promo code DIRTY. Tonight's game, Broncos, Jets. Not a good one, Joe. No, not a good one. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a tank for Trevor off. I mean, I know that the Broncos love Drew Locke. I know Broncos fans have talked themselves into Drew Locke. Um, the Broncos have a have. I, I mean, I kind of love it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I kind of like that horse tooth jackass, uh, John Elway. With a little bit of a curse, curse of Kaepernick happening here, he like says he wants to trade for Kaepernick, demands he take a pay cut. Kaepernick says, "No, I'm not interested. I'll just play out this year uh, the salary I'm gonna make." Uh, they decide not to trade for him, and then that wife-beating monster tells everybody, "Hey, we offered Kaepernick a deal. He didn't want it. He doesn't want to play football." So, hundred percent bold face horse tooth lie and now he just can't find a quarterback to stay on the field let alone play well I mean we got we got Brock Osweiler and Simeon and Paxton Lynch Jeff Driscoll Drew Locke like I'm kind of all for this like fuck the Broncos forever and the Jets Adam Gase like how have you not fired this guy Sam Darnold Maybe good, maybe terrible, maybe somewhere in between. Who knows? But I can tell you one thing. He ain't going to be good with Adam Gase, who, without Peyton Manning as his quarterback, is abysmal. You know who else is abysmal without? You know who else could be a competent coach with Peyton Manning as their quarterback? Every single person alive. Like, Adam Gase is a joke. The idea that he's still there is a joke. But I'm a Giants fan, and I'm just happy to not be the biggest debacle in the city of New York. So, fuck the Jets, fuck the Broncos, fuck this game. I might not even watch. All right, well, you got to make a pick. The Jets are a one-point favorite. I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Broncos. It's in Denver, isn't it? No, it is in New York. It's in New York? Yeah. Oh, then I'll go with the Jets. Great. Jets win a home game. And if you watch this game, oh, may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, I actually probably won't watch. I'll, I'm, I might tune in for a little, but I I literally could not care less about this game. I hope it's a 0-0 tie. You wasted a lot of breath on that game, though, ranting about those teams. Well, I just want, I mean, I just want to say the reason I don't care is because fuck them both forever. Well— Let's get through these. The Colts 
are on the road and are the favorites at Chicago. Interesting line there. The Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites at Soldier Field. I'm going to take the home dog, Nick Foles. How can you not? Yeah. I kind of I like this for the Bears. I mean, I like this Colts team still, but I like just the – I just like the – the juice that a new quarterback gives the Bears. And I think that the Bears have been better the last few years than their record because Mitchell Trubisky is so bad. And Nick Foles is by no means a consistently good quarterback. He hasn't been his whole career. He certainly has had moments of greatness, and he certainly has had moments of embarrassing failure. Um, But I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky, and I think they win the game. And I think they win the game. Yeah. I think the Bears win, too. Side note, they just showed a stat. The Reds are 1 of 17 with runners in scoring position this series. Yeah. 1 for 17. You guys can't hit, man. I don't know what to tell you. She'd, uh... I mean, Atlanta's not exactly hitting either, but yeah. still. Yeah. God. The Bengals... Our three-point favorites at home against the Jags. There's another game nobody cares about. I mean, it's. I'm gonna y- go. I'm gonna go Burrow. Young quarterback excitement. By the way, Burrow. He's gonna die. Yeah. But he's looked good. Yeah. He's and he's great. not making mis- Like he's not so far. Watch. He's gonna throw three picks this week. He hasn't been making the awful throw rookie move, which th- they do a lot. I mean, he's getting destroyed. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I know it's a three-point favorite. I'm going to go with the Jags. I love I love Joey Backdoor when he's the dog, Backdoor covering. Uh, I don't like the Jags or the Bengals in, the, in my entire history on planet Earth as a favorite. So I'm going to take the dog. All right, staying with the uh, AFC North. The Browns travel to Big D where the Cowboys are four-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't like four and a half. It seems kind of big. I like the uh, I like the Browns running game in this. I like them to maybe slow this game down a little. Um, I don't think it's going to be the shootout that uh, Dallas Seattle was. I'm going to take the Browns to cover. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns to cover as well. Cowboys win, Browns cover. All right, the Saints against the Lions. The Saints are. Four-point favorites in Detroit. Yeah. No love for Matt Stafford, your boy. Yeah, poor Matt Stafford. I mean, I think uh, everything I know about this Lions franchise, Matt Patricia as a coach, and, again, I think it, it it's no reflection on Stafford, but I think it's really good, and I think he's won more games in Detroit than he should have and lost more games than he should have because, like, he's – He's won games that maybe they shouldn't have won, but also they've they've had talent there over the years. They've had talent. They're just a very poorly managed team. And uh, I think a nice win last week means a letdown this week. Like, I just don't see them being an organization that builds on things. I'm going to go with the Saints. And, and, and vice versa for the Saints. The Saints come back from uh, getting pretty handily beaten on uh, Monday night, and I think that they have a rebound game. I'm going to go with the Lions. Four points at home. I think they're going to keep it close. 
All right, the Dolphins host the Seahawks in South Beach. Miami is a six-and-a-half-point underdog to my boy, Mr. Unlimited. Six-and-a-half. It's a big spread. Yeah, but it's but it doesn't seem big enough given that it's the Dolphins who are not very good, the Seahawks. I know that their, their defense isn't quite there, but, I mean, a touchdown game seems to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your boy. I'm gonna take Mr. Unlimited. I don't know, man. It's a big spread. Their defense is not good. No, they're not. To be a contrarian, I'll go Miami. Here's a fun Russell Wilson stat for everybody, though. I gotta share a random one. This is this is why I love Russ. This is like one of those like why I love Russ. Russell Wilson, during his career, when leading at halftime, is 58-0. That is an insane stat. He's never lost a game when his team has led at halftime. The reason I like that stat, it just says he doesn't blow games. You know, it's not even that like, wow, look at those numbers stat. It's, it's just a holy shit, I trust this guy with the lead. Yeah. He knows how to manage the game, and his coaches do. Uh, I just wanted to share that. I saw it the other day. I was like, there you go, Mr. Unlimited. Is that regular season and playoffs? I think it's just regular season. I guarantee he has playoff losses where he's led at halftime. All right, the Chargers travel to Tampa Bay. Cross the country travel for my fourth team, the Los Angeles Chargers. There's seven. Oh, the, I didn't even know which of these two teams was your fourth team at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your top three? Is it the Bengals? No, it's not the Bengals. The, the, I know. I mean, the Seahawks, the Rams. Who's no, your third team? No, but again, I root for like, kind of like how you do in the NBA. Like, I, I root for guys, right? Like, I love. Like, I'm a Brady stan. I'm a Russell Wilson stan. Like, I root for certain guys. In the NFL. You're a Tyrod Taylor stand. <laughs> so Brady is a seven-point favorite against the Chargers. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Seven teams high. Chargers defense is okay. I mean they they've had some they've like keeping Mahomes more in check than anybody has so far tells me that, you know, they they have that ability. So seven seems a lot to me. But you know what? This is, I'll, I'll say it was this. also a home game. Right. I'll say this. Um, the Chargers traveling east doesn't help. But this to me will be the game that the Bucks have played so far that ch- tells me the most about Tampa Bay. So far, they have a loss to the Saints, right? Yeah. And they looked bad. Sure. They look good against the Panthers, and they look good against the Broncos. And I think that those teams, and th- by the way, the Chargers aren't great, but I think the Chargers have the ability to give them a little bit more trouble. If, if the Bucks win this if this is a two-touchdown game or a 10-point win, the Bucs will have shown me more 
This this is the game for them to prove something to me. Yeah. And and, and by the way, I think they win this game. But I but I want to see a performance that says we're really good. Yeah. Which I haven't seen yet. Battle of uh, some local teams. The Ravens host the Redskins. I'm sorry. The artist formerly known as the Washington Redskins. The Ravens are 12 and a half point favorites. The Ravens. Wow, did it go? It was up that much. The Ravens got waxed <coughs> by the Chiefs, which to me really showed the difference. Can yeah. we just can we just end? I'm sorry, and he's a great player, and he's fun to watch, and I got to see him watch last year. God, fuck you, Iglesias. He's so bad. Wow, that's ball game. That's extra pimping. There it is. Azuna blasted it. There it is. Classic bell move. Hey, let's put in our closer, who sucks anyway. Walk, then a home run. Well, Twins fans, I know what you're feeling because another year of Reds being bad in the postseason. Okay, back to what I was saying. This Mahomes-Lamar Jackson I don't want to hear this shit ever again. But no one's doing that. ESPN was. Well, that's... Look. For Monday Night Football, they were. There's a lot... I, I picked the uh, I picked the Ravens in that game in my you know, confidence pool. Not with a lot of confidence, but I thought a home game, defense, you know, I, was, I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, the... the Chiefs dominated, but even in making that pick, not for a second did I think that Lamar Jackson is in Patrick Mahomes' fucking universe at the position of quarterback. I just, I just think anybody who's doing that is ludicrous. I mean, you put it on Dirty Sports, and you know you're the 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 only people that people consistently put underneath it is your guy, Mr. Unlimited. You put like no one's in Mahomes class. And there are people who are like, Russell's close. I, don't do it for anybody. I agree. Don't do it for anybody. And honestly, if you're doing it for anybody, it's like well, Aaron Rodgers. It's to me, Mahomes is in a class all his own. Rodgers is 1A. And then there's a drop-off. Because See, that's where we disagree, which is fine. I, I'd put I'd put you know, at this point in his career, I would put Wilson in that next category. But there's look, and that's fine, and we can disagree, and we do. There's no one in Mahomes' category, and that's why I tweeted that out. Like, guys, I, I just, but but even look, Lamar is great, but again, Lamar hasn't won a playoff game. Like, he's still young, and he's still going to get better. I, I I just like. You gotta be able to. Lamar still cannot pass the ball that well. I'm just gonna say it. You can you can throw the numbers at me. When it like, is he throwing the ball downfield? A little, but it, to me again, his his passing numbers are like Goff's passing numbers to me, where it's like, it's all scheme. It's, it's all po- getting guys open. Point. Yeah, and this isn't a diss on Lamar Jackson. I think he, Lamar Jackson's better than Goff. And I think he's uh, way more dynamic than Goff. A hundred percent. But all the stuff that you do with their running game, all the stuff you do with him running the ball, all the the trickery that is involved in that style of offense makes it so that 
some of those passes are easy. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes, sure, Andy Reid's scheme makes some of his passes easy. He also makes a lot of passes that guys, other guys don't make. That's the bottom line. Yeah, 100%. Do you think this line's too big? No, because I think they have a bounce-back game. I think Washington has played people tough, but I think that the Ravens need to prove that getting spanked by the Chiefs doesn't mean that they're not contenders. Whether or not they you believe they are contenders, I think that they will attempt to prove that by running the fucking score up. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Ravens. All right, I'm going to go Washington. The Cardinals are home against the Panthers. The Cardinals are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Should be a good game. Yeah, it should be. Uh, it's a tough one for me, but I'll, I'll I'm take sorry. It. This is in Carolina. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, West going east. The 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 half point. I'm going to take the Panthers because the half point and it being a home game. I agree. I'm going to take the Panthers as well. All right. The Vikings travel to the Texans. Two zero and three teams. They're four and a half point favorites. The Texans are at Minnesota. No. No, this is in. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. Did I say Vikings are favorites? Yeah, no, you said you said the Texans are favorites. Yeah, they are. Texans are home favorites. Four and a half seems a lot for two zero and three teams. Um, this is tough for me. I think I'll take Minnesota. I think the Texans win the game. Yeah, I'll take Minnesota as well. Your Giants play the Rams. This is in uh, L.A. L.A. game you would have went to had fans been allowed. Rams are twelve point favorites. I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, me too. I think. In LA, uh, after the after what the Giants showed me last week, I can't I can't can good conscience think that I I think this Rams team is good. I think this Rams team's yeah really good. I do too. I think they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. Okay, the Patriots travel to Arrowhead, where the Chiefs are seven point favorites. I'm going to take the Patriots. It's a tough one for me. Um, seven seems like a lot. It's a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs. I just feel like they're they feel really good about themselves right now. I think seven's a lot, but I think if it's if it's seven, it's twelve. If it's twelve, it's 50, you know what I mean. Like this is either this is either a really good game at the end or the Chiefs have blown them out. Yeah, I agree. I've I've enjoyed watching Cam play this year. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I I like the comeback story. I'm a fan. Well, I, again, I think Bill, Bill Belichick with a fantastic strategy, and that's why I I don't like the people that are dissing, you know, dissing Chicago. Oh, you could have had Cam. Instead, you went with Nick Foles. Oh, you could have Cam. Bill Belichick is doing the I have Cam for one year move. The idea that you're going to you know, bring in a guy for potentially one season to start over Mitchell Trubisky. Like it doesn't solve any problems for you. Yeah. It doesn't serve any long-term problems. At least Nick Foles could potentially give you a couple years. Now I'm not saying Cam couldn't give you a couple years, but I think Bill Belichick is very obviously playing Cam in a way where he's like, 
if he's healthy next year, he's healthy next year. But for now, we're going to play him as if we have him for one season. I don't even know why you're shaking your head, Andy. The game is already over. Just accept it. You were, it seems like you accepted it before. Don't get too broken up about another home run. It doesn't ma- that doesn't make a difference. You haven't scored a single run in the series. It was three. It was five. No, you know why I'm getting upset? Because I think Rossiel Iglesias is terrible as a closer, and I've preached forever that Amir Garrett should be the Reds' closer, and the Reds' manager is just such a buffoon. He trolls out. Iglesias in this inning has given up two walks and two bombs. Mm-hmm. Closer meltdown. I, I hate to say it, but, I mean, you're getting to be like a Mets fan for a day. A, a season? Yeah. Yeah, that's you giving up bombs left and right, Iglesias. Unreal. <laughs> I just, you know. God, you're right. I just almost want to turn it off. Uh, I forget what I was going to say. It was We were talking Cam Patriots. Oh, a lot of people don't realize. Last year's Patriots defense was statistically the best they've ever had under Bill Belichick. So my, my point of bringing that up is I don't think people realize how good their defense was last year. Yeah. And how... And I know they didn't have many good players, but how inept the offense was is my point. Like, it was not good. With that being said, I'm going to take the Patriots. Seven is too much for me. Okay, the Bills are three-point favorites against the Raiders. And that is in Las Vegas. I like the Raiders in this game. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders. I know, uh, like... There's a lot of people that are doing the, like, let's give Josh Allen the respect that he deserves. Like me. Train. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem giving Josh Allen the respect he deserves. Um, but to me, it's like, is this is this Bills team going 12-4? and four? Is this Bills team going 13-3? and three? I don't think so. And that doesn't mean that I don't think that they could go 11-5 and five and... Play in an AFC championship game. But I think throughout the course of the year. This is a tough game. Throughout the course of the year, unless you're in a terrible division, which they kind of are, but the Patriots are going to be good-ish. Unless you're in a terrible division or you're a really, really good team, going like a 13-3 and is difficult to do. Oh, yeah. So I'm penciling them in for a couple losses. And I haven't looked at their schedule going forward, but this seems like a prime letdown, letdown game for me. I, I think you're right. I think this traveling across country, this could be a prime letdown game. I'm still going to go Bills, though, even though my heart's telling me go Raiders. I don't love home. Uh, I don't like, you know, betting against home dogs. Yeah. I do like Josh Allen. He's yeah. He's he's but he's slowly moving on the. Uh, is this my next Russ guy? Oh really? That that much? Well, I I just yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's really good. He's really good. I mean the 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 Josh Allen health is going to be a concern. Okay. 
look, you you can say that about anybody, but like certainly his style of play. I just think there's a little bit of the erraticness of his play, which is part of it. You know what I mean? Like you don't want him to play it safer. Part of his dangerousness is he go big or go home. You know what I mean? Uh, so I like Josh Allen, but I mean, you're already, you're already talking about making him your next man crush. No, I'm not saying I'm going full there. I'm saying it could be trajectory. It could be, you know, the trajectory, I should say. I like Josh Allen. I, I, and I root for him. I mean, come on, Joe. There's, I'm not, I'm not, there ain't no side pieces yet. I still, Russ is still my dog. I mean, I, I I don't know why I don't have a Russ jersey at this point. I don't I don't know either. I, I think I'm going to go devout Christian for Russ too. Become a born again. Should do it. If you get a Russ jersey, can you get the bright green? I mean, it's the only jersey to buy. The bright green? Yeah, that's the fucking fire one. Mm, I think the Seahawks have ugly jerseys. Yeah, me too. But I like those hot greens. I don't. All right, the Eagles are the Sunday night game against the Niners. The Niners are seven-point favorites. Uh, who's playing in this game? I know it's in San Francisco, but is Jimmy G back? I actually don't think it matters. I just think that I think the Eagles are that bad. I think the Eagles are that bad. I think Wentz is that bad. Uh, I mean, seven's a big spread. Yeah, that's the thing for me. Like, I actually will. Pro- I think I'll take the Eagles, but I don't think the Eagles can win this game. I mean, Wentz is bad, bad. He's pretty bad. Like, I don't even really understand it. Did you see that one? I put it on our Dirty Sports Twitter. The one throw he missed with the guy's wide open yeah. against the Bengals. Yeah, you're, you're like, but he's done that a lot. He's missed a lot of throws by a lot. He's overthrown a lot of guys. He's he's never been the same since that Rams injury. Yeah, he's got fumbleitis. I mean, but the th- here's the thing about Wentz. And there was a time, certainly during that season, when he was an MVP candidate where you're sure. like, man, he's unbelievable. Uh, it was just that year. He wasn't great before that. He wasn't great after that. What was that 2017? Yeah. Yeah. True. It was just that year, but he was definitely he was probably leading candidate for MVP that year. Yeah. I'll go Niners. And the Monday night game. I'm gonna go Niners as well. Okay. I, I just think the Eagles are bad. The Falcons travel to Green Bay. Packers are seven and a half point favorites. It's too big. But I love the Packers right now. Dude, I agree. It's too big, but at this point, I'm trying to think of the mentality of that locker room in Atlanta. When you blow lead after lead, they've been doing it for a while. And then you look at this. This game reminds me of like down the stretch last year. They beat the Niners at home late in the season. Like this is what they do. Like the only reason you can't figure them out. Yeah. The only reason Dan Quinn is going to have a job is that he's going to play this game close, and they're going to lose. 
And they'll be like, well, they almost beat the Green Bay at home on Monday night. But, uh, again, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this, like the Aaron Rodgers thing right now, and I know you're like, oh, Russ is in that class, is like Aaron Rodgers is now this season and a little bit last year, but really this season, like he is finally getting that running game that just sets up the cheat code in the NFL that is play action. And if they're going to run the ball the way they've been running the ball and their defense is going to play halfway decent and they're going to have a good pass rush, it's going to be hard to beat this Green Bay team because Aaron Rodgers, when you talk about the cheat code, Aaron Rodgers getting the play action that your boy has thrived in Seattle with that has made Kirk Cousins have any sort of a career. The, the fact that Kirk Cousins exists in the NFL is because they run the shit out of the ball and then you have that cheat code of play action. Lamar Jackson, everybody, you know, the guy is winning MVP because they can run the shit out of the ball and open all this other stuff up. Jared Goff goes to zero because they got Gurley and they're running the shit out of the ball and it opens all this stuff up. Aaron Rodgers has existed his whole career carrying this team and now to have a running game that carries the team and then getting Aaron Rodgers with the cheat code, look the fuck out. I'm going to take the Packers. Okay. And you're taking the Falcons. I'm taking the Falcons, yeah. Okay. So not be, not cuz not not having anything to do with the Packers. So like you're going to go Patrick Mahomes one, we all will. You're going to put Rodgers just below him. Who else are you putting in that list? In in what list? Like after those two guys. Well, your boy is certainly playing. Uh, he's right up there right now. I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about quarterbacks in the NFL, I've and I've always said this, to me it is, and it has always been, a tier situation. You have your elite quarterbacks. You have your good quarterbacks, your great quarterbacks, your mediocre quarterbacks, your trash quarterbacks. Now, we can go into the whole listing of guys – like ranking them one to 32 or whatever. But to me, you always get bogged down in a situation then of what's a guy's value versus what team is he on versus whatever. Like, for example, a guy like, um, I, I, I feel like a guy like Matthew Stafford at this point is underrated. I feel like Matt Ryan at this point is underrated. People think, oh, Matt Ryan, like, what do they do? They always fucking blow these. And by the way, part of certainly the criticism of Matt Ryan is that Super Bowl. But at the same time, the dude has an MVP. The dude has all the stats. Yeah. You can't say he didn't. I mean, there's a time on this show where you, I, everybody, we were all critical of the Peyton Manning postseasons. Then Peyton Manning goes to the Broncos. He's a fluke, not Hail Mary, but basically Hail Mary. In that, And the Ravens go on to win the Super Bowl. He gets to the Super Bowl, he loses. He gets to the Super Bowl, he wins. To me, he flipped the entire script. And he proved that he is that guy. 
And now to me, he's one of the greatest of all time. So it's an ever-changing thing. You and I argued for a long time about Russell Wilson, whether or not he's a top five quarterback. And now he is. But that that shifts with Brady's not a top five quarterback anymore. Breeze isn't a top five quarterback anymore. Roethlisberger's not a top five quarterback can, anymore. Can I can I hop in about Breeze? So you're 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 out on him top five. I'm out on him. Well, no, he's probably still on the top five, but he's but he's gone from being on one side of Russ to the other, in my opinion. And the same thing now. Like I can say Joe Burrow isn't a top five quarterback. That doesn't mean five years from now, if he's a top five quarterback, I was wrong. I think Joe Burrow has it, but like it's a you fluid have, situation. Yeah, you have to see the growth. There's, you know, everybody is now on the Russ is the second Russ. It's Russ and Patrick Mahomes. I have said throughout our conversation about quarterbacks, I think Russell is overrated. I have also said the whole time he's a great quarterback. I feel like Russell Wilson is now the player that everybody said Russell Wilson was. And guess what? I think that early Super Bowl where he didn't have to do anything to win a Super Bowl gave him a lot of an earlier bump. So to, to me, here's the thing about Russell Wilson. What he's doing right now is incredible. Good for him. Now I need to see Russell Wilson go into the playoffs and win a game on his own because the last few years, everybody wants to shit on Lamar Jackson. What's Russell Wilson done in the playoffs? I mean, he won a game last year. He won a he won a game against the Philadelphia Eagles that should or should not. I mean, we're we're talking about teams that shouldn't even be in. The I mean, playoffs. I mean, look, dude. I think I think to me that's nitpicky. It's still not easy to win. I don't care who's playing on the road. Here's my in point. In the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, right? He gets a bye last year. That's a that's winning a playoff game too, right? Lamar Jackson's lost two home playoff games. I understand. I look, I'm not defending Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What I'm saying is I think your boy got a bump early because he gets the Super Bowl in the be carried by one of the like literally a generational defense. Now he's doing all the things with all the stats and all the things. So now I need to see Russell Wilson playing an NFC Championship game, and that's fine. I, I think I think Russell Wilson's career, um, it actually the comparison. I don't think people realize this. His career comparison, as far as game manager to then blossoming, is very similar to Tom Brady. Who uh, and. I think my opinion on Tom Brady is very much on the record at this point. Well, I'm I'm excited to see what happens this year. I I think this is going to be, like I said, last week or whenever. There's, there's like I don't think Josh Allen's a top five quarterback. No, I I don't either. But but my point was, I think we're in an exciting time. Like I said, for NFL quarterbacks, it's it's it makes it fun to watch the games because I think there's so many different dynamic players. And like you said, there are different types of dynamic players or different types of running quarterbacks or ways that they utilize the field and spread the offense. I think we're in such a a, a gold on the cusp, I should say, of a golden age as far as the excitement level that we've, in my opinion, that we've never seen before. I I completely agree, but I just think I just think hot take culture is 
the way people like n- nothing more in football brings out hot take culture like discussing quarterback play. I, yeah, you're right. Like again, I'll say it. I think there are I think there's an aspect of Matt Ryan where you go I put some of that Super Bowl on Matt Ryan. For sure. Like I think Matt Ryan is partially responsible for losing that Super Bowl, for blowing hugely in that Super Bowl. That being said, Matt Ryan has an MVP. Matt Ryan has all the stats. So why does Matt Ryan get disrespected now? Why is Matt Ryan like your boy Russ this year seems like he might get his first MVP votes this year. He might finally get a vote for MVP. But we trash the Matt Ryan types who I don't, have an MVP? Well, uh, well, we don't. No, but I'm saying we as the sports hot take culture. Everyone wants to go, oh, there's no – it's it's uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russ and, and Mahomes, and then what the hell else are we talking about? It's like, well, there's guys in the league – who have MVPs, the Lamar Jacksons, the Cam Newtons, the Matt Ryans. Now, I can break each one of those down and say whatever, but like some of those guys, Matt Stafford doesn't have an MVP vote probably in his whole career, but like don't disrespect the guy because of the situation. That's what I've always said. And I think you always have to look at that. Don't overrate or underrate a guy the situation. I think it's been, I think the case is closed. I think I get to walk away with my victory fee. Everybody overrated Kirk Cousins because of the situation. You have a fucking dominant running game. You get the you get the cheat code of play action. You have a good defense. What have you won? And now you fucking stink. And you're getting paid $30 million for it. You're the least valuable player in the NFL. You fucking stink. I said it for years, and I'm still saying it. You got exposed. You're bad. Well. Deshaun Watson is probably even better than we think he is. Yeah. He's coached by a boob. At least those guys could probably score a run in 22 innings. Yeah. I'm sorry about this. It's a, you're depressed. 22 innings, zero runs. That's bad. Not only do I think they should have bunted once, I think they should have just bunted the whole series. Yeah, every time. Like, see what happens. Guys, we're not going to have calls today. It's a long episode. But we'll do some calls next week. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. Again, last week in the Smut Studio. 310-359-8365. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther. You can follow the show at The Dirty Sports. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. I'll send koozies out at some point. At Joe Prano on Instagram. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. Uh, Joe Prano on Cameo. They just added me to the roast section. In case anybody needs to get roasted. Um, that's it. I don't think I have anything else. I might, I, might, I might pay you to do a cameo of Bill Walton roasting me. <laughs> but with no swear words. I love it. Did you see his cameo on the game last night? I did. I said they. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but they had him sitting next to Dirk. Yeah. Obviously, they weren't in the same thing, but like, it did. It still made me imagine that they were like sitting side by side on a couch, and I was like, God, would I? I, I would pay almost all the money in my bank account 
to be the third guy on a couch with Dirk and Walton watching an NBA Finals game. Look at LeBron just throwing it down. <laughs> I just yeah. I, I I would love like as far as all the people that they showed in that is there two people you would rather be hanging out with of that group they showed. Bill would be up. The Bill would be number one. I mean, they had Shaq in there. They had Pierce. They had Powell. They had yeah, Obama. Go- Come on, man. I'm going Shaq over Dirk. Oh, no way. 100%. I'm going Dirk. I mean, just the pictures of sloppy, drunk Dirk. Yeah, those are good pictures. Shaq. Come on, man. All right, guys. That's the show. Much love for all the support. And uh, thank you guys, seriously. Support is still coming in for me personally, and uh, I really appreciate that. You guys uh, have a great week. We got a great weekend of sports. You got baseball. You got NBA Can finals. Can I throw one final note, sports note in? Because it keeps running by on the bottom of the screen that the 76ers yeah. are interested in Doc Rivers. Uh, unbelievable. And I just want to say that – like the the Sixers being interested in Doc Rivers is one thing, but the reports were before Doc became available, it was a done deal. Dan Tony was going to the 76ers. As a person who hates the city of Philadelphia with all of the hate in my heart, I hope that they hire Doc Rivers. I hope that they pass on Mike D'Antoni and hire Doc Rivers. Talk about your all time fucking like terrible basketball decisions. You have a choice between Mike D'Antoni, in my opinion, one of the most underrated coaches in history, and probably the single most overrated coach in history in Doc Rivers. You had a done deal, and now you're opening up. I hope Mike D'Antoni tells him to go, get the fuck out of here. Bafanculo. I hope he fucking tells them, take your fucking cheesesteak and shove it up your motherfucking ass. All right, on that note. Have a great weekend, Dirtballs. Much love. And as always, stay dirty.